Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. Hey, we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, If we haven't met, my name is Stephen, and I am the worship pastor here at Journey Church. We have been in a series of messages for the past two weeks where we are going through Psalm 23, where we are looking at the promises of God when he is our shepherd and when we, his sheep, actually follow and trust the good shepherd. And in case you've missed any of these messages in this sermon series and you'd like to go back and get caught up, you can do so by going to our website, which is journeychurchgillette.com, and then click it on messages. You can get the archive that way. Or you can also download the Journey Church Gillette podcast on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts if you'd like to get caught up with um, any messages that we've done in the past here at Journey. Well, in this series, one of our ultimate goals is taking apart Psalm 23 and then learning to say this phrase here, that it is well with my soul no matter the situation. Would you say that with me today? It is well with my soul no matter the situation. Right? We're saying that because of who God is. Right? He is the most powerful and most perfect being of all. Right? And, and not only that, but he is also my shepherd. And, and there's that personal touch to it, right? That he is your shepherd. No matter what happens and no matter what comes my, my way, no matter where he leads me to or, or where he's going to lead me, my soul is good, even though my situation or my surroundings may not seem to be that way. And so to kick off each week, what we've been doing is reading Psalm 23 together, and, and we want to continue to do that because in doing that, I, I think I've almost got it memorized. I don't know about you guys, but, but I'm pretty close to having this thing memorized so that when we do have these times and when we do need to remember who God is, that we can pull these things out and be reminded of his promises here in Psalm 23. So let's read this together. We will be in the CSB version, and uh, yeah, let's kick it off. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Well, before we go on, let's pray and just ask God to bless this time together. Lord, we thank you that we can uh, come together. Now, there's a lot of places around the world who, who can't do this, who can't be in a setting uh, without being in fear of this persecution that's going on, Lord. So God, we're, we're thankful that we, that we have this, but Lord, I also ask that you would uh, be with those who cannot share in the open, who have to be in the underground church. Lord, we pray for 
strength and for comfort for them, that even in those situations that they can say it is well with my soul. And God, we thank you for this, this body of believers here today. And I pray that as we uh, dive into this amazing promise that you've given us, Lord, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our minds and that our hearts would be changed to magnify you even the more. So Lord, be with us now. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. So if you remember from the past sermons that we've done, we remember verse number one, that the Lord is my shepherd and I have what I need. And everything that we're seeing from here on out is just how God is fulfilling those promises. And David's expounding upon what those needs are. And so like if somebody was to ask you, oh, okay, well, what are these needs that he's providing? It's like, well, let me tell you, he, he lets me lie down in these green pastures and he leads me beside these pools of quiet water, which is God providing rest for me and who he is. And now David is gonna continue with that thought when he goes on to say, he renews my life and it leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. And we're going to camp out here on verse number three today, and we're looking at what this phrase means and just how powerful of a statement from God about how much he loves and cares for his sheep, which is us. If you remember, we get to be the sheep. Not the most flattering statement, but that's who we are. So today's sermon is called Dead Ends and Depends. I heard the giggling, so I know that I am in the same company because as soon as that phrase popped in my mind, my brain went to the exact same spot that yours just did. <laughs> I'm gonna guarantee you, though, that uh, you're gonna remember a lot of this sermon because you think we're talking about Depends Underwear, but that's not what we're talking about today, okay? We're gonna be talking about something else, but, but we're gonna come back to that whole thought. So the first thing that we see in this verse, in verse number three, is this, that the good shepherd renews us. So if you're taking notes today, you can write that down. Number one, the good shepherd renews us. Verse two was talking about the green pastures and the quiet waters, which the sheep were led to so that they could get rest and that they could be renewed and restored. So this is even picking up on what was happening. Yeah, these green pastures, these quiet waters, that's how God's given me this rest and this time here to get rested and to remember who he is and not who I am even. Right? They are now refreshed because the good shepherd led them there. They didn't lead themselves there, right? These dumb sheep can't figure that out. They can't even figure out how to lift their heads up to get out of a hole, let alone find the good pastures and the quiet waters to where they won't be swept away. Right? They find this physical rest, but also the spiritual fullness and spiritual rest. Right? We remember from last week that it isn't us, again, that find rest because we try to fill our time of rest with everything and anything that we can think of. Right? Maybe I'll, I'll work some more, or maybe I'll uh, stay on my phone for a few more hours, or maybe I'm going to do X, Y, Z, whatever it is, and we try to find rest in those things. However, it is only Jesus, the good shepherd, who can provide true rest to his sheep, to his flock, to us. Right? But what's also interesting is that that word here in the Hebrew doesn't only mean to restore and refresh from where you've been. No, it also means to return or to turn back to, right? It means to bring me back to repentance, which kind of throws a different meaning our way if we look at that original text, because it shows that not only does the good shepherd renew us, but the good shepherd will pursue us, 
right? Number two, the good shepherd pursues us. But why would he have to pursue us? Well, because we've all, like sheep, gone astray, right? We all have turned our own way at some point and at some time in our lives. We have gone down some path that we thought was the best because we chose that, right? Every one of us have done this. And to me, really reading that phrase and and remembering who David is, it's no wonder that he wrote this line, right? God restored David multiple times throughout his life. You know, he would be in these green pastures and these still and quiet waters, and then he would decide to just wander off and get stuck on his back somewhere. By the way, that's what a cast sheep is, when a sheep is on its side or on its back and it cannot figure out how to get back up and it just can't do it. That's a cast sheep. That sheep has been cast aside. So David had been cast aside many times before in his own life. Right? This is the man after God's own heart that we think of often, right? The man who, he defeated guys by the name of Goliath. And we just think of him as this young shepherd boy with a slingshot who just conquered everything and it was just awesome. But then this is the same dude who turns around, has an affair with his best friend's wife, and then has him killed on the front line of battle. That's the man after God's own heart. You know what? It also breaks God's heart, and it's a sad deal when sheep get cast many times like David did. Now, as I was studying for this, I I read about uh, a story about a shepherd. The shepherd, he had had many sheep, but he had this one particular sheep that every year when she got pregnant, she would reward them with these beautiful twin lambs every year. But it wasn't about two or three days that she would go winding down some path and get herself cast. Every two to three days she would do something like that. She would go wander off from the green pastures and the quiet waters. She'd find a little soft spot or a kind of a lull in the ground and she'd lay down and take a nap. And then probably because she was so pregnant, she like tried to stand up and then would just roll to her back. And then she sits there and turtles for a couple hours and couldn't figure out what to do. And the good shepherd, because again, he is a good shepherd, he knew this sheep. He knew that this happened every two to three days, so he was constantly looking out for her. And so what he said was every morning he would wake up and he would go out and he'd start looking for his sheep, start counting them, but he'd be specifically looking for that one gal. If he didn't see her, he got a little worried, but not too much, until he started scanning the horizon. He said once he scanned the horizon and if he saw vultures or buzzards flying overhead, he said that the anxiety would just sit in his stomach and he knew that the clock was ticking, right? that it was game time. Because not only did the shepherd know that the sheep was cast somewhere, but guess who else is looking up to the sky for signs? Predators. Predators are also watching to see, hey, these birds found something. Let's go see what we can find. And then maybe they find themselves a delicious sheepy buffet somewhere. Right? Time was also crucial, not just because of predators, but actually because if sheep were on their backs too long, they would have these gases in their gut that would start to build up and it would start cutting off circulation to their legs and it would start cutting off circulation to their internal organs, which, yeah, you guess it, that would kill them. If they're on their backs too long, they couldn't do much about that, though. Right? And on a hot day, especially like the ones that we've been having recently, it wouldn't be but a few hours before that sheep could be gone. However, once the shepherd finally found the sheep cast somewhere, 
when he finally saw her, maybe sitting down in a low somewhere, he said that he would run to that sheep as fast as he could. If she was still alive, what he'd have to do is he'd take her from her back and roll her to her side and just kind of pet her and softly talk to her, let him know that he's there, or let the shepherd would talk to her and say, hey, I'm here, I'm here to take care of you. And then he would actually have to pick her up and straddle her and massage her legs down so that the blood circulation would actually be restored and be renewed to her legs. Fascinating picture. Seems like a lot of work, but that's what a good shepherd does. Now, this took quite a while before they could stand on their own again. It would take a long time for that circulation to be renewed and to be restored. And so he was saying that he would talk to the sheep and just say things like, man, when are you going to learn to stand on your own feet? And my favorite line that he said was in there, he's like, I am so glad I found you, you rascal. He was so excited to find that sheep. And so as David writes this, because remember, not only was he a shepherd at one point tending sheep, but he's having this, this idea of, man, the Lord is my shepherd and I am his sheep. Right? David's reflecting on how it's the Lord who restores David's soul. David knows that he can't restore his own soul. Right? He's, stuck in a, he's stuck in a hole on his back somewhere waiting to just be devoured by these predators. David is saying that he, the Lord, it is him who brings him back to where he once was. Right? It's, it's the Lord who brings David back to the green pastures and to the quiet waters. It's the Lord who brings him back to the place that he was before he drifted away and suffered from this spiritual decline in his life. Right? The Lord brings him back. And today we can put ourselves exactly in David's shoes because it's also the Lord who brings us back around when we go out and get cast. Right? It's not us, but it's the Lord who restores our souls. And we should take comfort in that. He brings us back to where we need to be by reviving our hearts when we become spiritually sluggish or lukewarm, right? When we have turned back to old habits or old ways of life, when we've gone back to that bad relationship that we shouldn't be in in the first place, when we've gone back to that sin that's just devouring and eating us alive, God doesn't just leave us out there. He wants to renew us. And when he finds us on our backs, completely helpless, he wants to renew our lives and restore our souls. Because left to ourselves, right, we would just wander away from the Lord. We'd be slow to return if we could even figure out how to get off our backs at times. But it's by his restoring grace that he comes out, he finds us, and excitedly restores us back to the fold. Now, that's a lot of sheep talk, and so I, I had to think of this in modern terms. Again, I'm, I'm not a sheep herder. I don't get a lot of these animals. So uh, I, I think about this stuff in, in modern terms in ways that, that helps me kind of digest all this, and I want to share that with you. Have you, um, you ever called someone and think that maybe they saw your name or your phone number coming through, and, and they just chose to ignore it because they're like, oh, it's not them again? right? It might just be our minds playing tricks on us, right? Maybe they're putting their kids to bed or, or maybe they're out doing something, mowing the lawn. I don't know. But, but a lot of times, I think that when we reach out to God and say, hey, God, it's, it's Stephen. I, guess what? I messed up again. Went out and got myself cast. I'm stuck on my back. Can't figure out how to get this. Can you help me? I think a lot of times we think God just ignores our calls too, 
right? Like, oh, you went and did that, and so now you're going to call me? And he just kind of hits, you know, decline on his prayer phone. He doesn't have a pay phone. He's got a prayer phone. If you don't know what a pay phone is, is ask your parents. They'll tell you. Or maybe it's even on the flip side of this whole thing. Right? Do we ever think that we're doing so good in our lives that God just can't wait to answer our calls, right? right? We've been, but we start just boasting to God about all the good things that we've done. Like, hey, God, I've done every little thing that you said to do and, and above and beyond that. And I was nice and I was kind and I was loving. I, I helped that old lady across the street, right? I didn't flip that guy off in traffic when he cut me off. I put 20 bucks in the bucket at the back. God, do you see how good I've been, Lord? Do you see me? And we start to make all of this about ourselves. And we think God's up there just going, woohoo, Hercules, Hercules, I get to talk to this one. He's my favorite. But here's something for you. God doesn't do that at all. That's not how he works, right? Because God is the good shepherd in our good days, yeah? But he's also the good shepherd in our bad days. He's never not the good shepherd. He knows that his sheep are prone to wander off and get lost. That's just what sheep do. That's part of being a sheep. He knows this and he wants his sheep alive and right side up, not dead and on their backs, cast somewhere. So what does he do? He goes after them every single time. He goes after them, wishing that none of them would perish. That's how much of a good shepherd he is. No matter how good we think we've been, or no matter how bad we think we've been, God is not Santa Claus. He's not keeping this naughty and nice list of his sheep. No, it says that when we come to him, he actually takes our past and our sins and our failures and casts them as far as the east is from the west. Many people think that when a Christian falls or when a Christian has these backslides or frustrating, difficult times, that God is just disgusted and fed up and even furious with them that he just doesn't even care about them anymore. And that is not the truth. Because Jesus, again, being our good shepherd, has that same sense of that other shepherd, right? Oh no, one of my sheep has been cast. I have to go find them. I want to restore them. He has such compassion and cares for cast men and women, just like a shepherd does for his cast sheep, right? Time and time again, we see Jesus's compassion for the lost people. In Matthew 9, 36, he says, when he saw the crowds come and he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. Matthew 14, 14 says, when he went ashore, he saw a large crowd had compassion on them and healed their sick. Likewise, Mark 8, 2, this is Jesus talking here, says, I have compassion on the crowd because they've already stayed with me three days and they have nothing to eat. The shepherd had deep compassion for lost sheep who are stuck in their sins, who are stuck on their backs and couldn't get out. I believe society was so quick to turn people away who weren't perfect, right? They would so quickly call them drunks or sinners or prostitutes or whatever label that you want to throw out there. Society would give these people zero hope. But Jesus comes, just like that last song that we sing, 
to all who are hurting and broken within. And if we're feeling overwhelmed by that weight of our sin, that good shepherd is calling to us and wanting to restore and renew us. He wants to renew my life. In Mark chapter two, verse 17, Jesus was talking to the religious leaders when they had questioned him about, well, why are you eating with you know, those people? Those people, the ones with all the problems that I don't have because I'm so perfect and righteous and, and that's a lie, they're not. But what he did was Jesus turned and said, you know what, it is not those who are well who need a doctor, but those who are sick. I didn't come to call the righteous but sinners. It's the story of the 99 sheep with the one who went astray and got cast, right? It doesn't, he, he goes to the sheep when he finds him and he picks him up, puts him on his shoulders and then calls to the neighbors and says, hey, let's rejoice, let's have a party. It doesn't go the other way. Right? It's the same story with the prodigal son. Right? He sees the son coming home who is broken and hurting, overwhelmed by his sin. And the father runs to him, loves him, kisses him, wraps him in a robe, and then goes from there to restore his son to the family. That's a wonderful picture of what Jesus is talking about here. But again, we've seen this on the other side too, not just with the sheep who are too far gone, so we think, right? Because instead of thinking that we're too far gone from God, we can think pretty highly of ourselves at times. But here's an interesting fact. Did you know that it was often the healthiest, fattest, toughest, and oldest sheep with the finest wool that would become cast? The sheep who had everything figured out in life, who had their status set, it was often those ones who became cast in life. It reminded me of 1 Corinthians 10, 12. It says, so whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. Right? The context here, the, the, over, the overarching theme, is speaking of how we can learn from what the Israelites messed up with in, in the past with their mistakes. So one example would be God took them right through this, this Red Sea. He parted these waters after he sent all these plagues to the Egyptians, saved them out of this stuff, and then took them to a new way. And what did they start doing? They started turning against God, building idols made out of gold of calves and these other images. Right? These are the Israelites. They had witnessed some amazing things. These are God's chosen people. But what happened? They got haughty. They got prideful. They acted like they had all their stuff figured out. And what did it do? It caused them to stumble and get cast aside. Now, I really like how Eugene Peterson put it when he paraphrased it this way. He said, these are warning markers, danger in our history books written down so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel, right? They're at the beginning and we're at the end and we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. Don't be so naive and self-confident. And I love this part. You're not exempt. Stephen is not exempt. 
None of us are exempt. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence, it's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. When we are feeling so sure of ourselves, it is often then that we would become cast like these sheep. Romans 12, Paul's writing this letter. He puts this in here. For by the grace given to me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. You know, the whole point here is to remember that it is God who renews and pursues us. It's not ourselves who can do this. When we think we've gone too far away from him, or even when we think that, you know what, God, I'll, I'll do it better than you. I've got it figured out. Don't worry. You just rest, sit back. Right? We think we've done better than God himself. But here's the point. No matter where you're sitting at on that spectrum, God wants to restore all of his sheep, not just some of his sheep. He wants to restore all his sheep to himself because, again, he has compassion for his sheep. So the good shepherd renews us. He pursues us. And then the third one, the good shepherd leads us. You know, I could not for the life of me think of a word for lead that rhymed with pursue or renew. So at least it all ends in us. So you get that one. There you go. But the next portion of this verse tells us that the good shepherd leads us. And I'd like to stop just right at that word there. He leads us. Because out here in Wyoming, we're really not used to the concept of cattle being led, right? Cattle are usually driven. So you do, you drive cattle out here. Sometimes you have dogs that then uh, come up to the side and kind of keep every, everyone where they need to be. You know, maybe you're cracking the whip like the man from Snowy River going, yeah, yeah, you know, get out here. That's not what Jesus does, though. That's not how he leads. Jesus doesn't drive his sheep. Instead, he leads them, right? That means that he is out in front of us, calling to us, talking to us, and we are gladly following our good shepherd. But how do we know that for sure? Well, Jesus actually said it himself in John 10, 4. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes, look at this, ahead of them. He's not driving them from the back. He's gone out ahead of them. And the sheep do what? They follow him because they know his voice. Right? They're not being driven. They're being led by the good shepherd. So if we want to get to these right paths, right? Other translations say these paths of righteousness that he leads us to, then we gotta learn to listen to the voice of our shepherd because we can't get ourselves there, right? I know my voice hasn't worked to get me to the right paths. I gotta listen to the voice of the good shepherd. But how do we do that? We learn his voice by reading his word, by studying his word, not just, you know, reading it and then say, okay, I read my Bible, check, and then you move on. No, read it, get into it, study it, bury the word in your hearts, right? We can learn to hear his voice by when we're out there serving other people, by when we're giving to ministries, 
by getting out and sharing the gospel message of salvation to this hurtful and dying world, right? Not just staying in our comfortable little Christian bubbles, but actually getting out into the world and offering them hope. By being with God's people and allowing them to speak into our lives is another good way. Right? We just had that uh, men's trailhead weekend Friday and Saturday, and it was, it was awesome. I got to meet a lot of guys, and we got to actually speak life into each other as we were doing some story work, you know, building that stuff. Right? We got to speak into each other's lives. And ladies, again, like Vanessa said, this weekend's for you. Right? It's time to rejuvenate. Right? Go get that rest and that restoration, that renewal of life. Right? Get restored by the good shepherd and by being with the flock. Right? Even if you think you're too cast or you're too far gone to go to something like that, I think Satan wants to use a lot of that stuff to try and fool you. Right? This weekend's for you, if that's what you think. But I'm here to tell you too, if we learn to be led by his voice now, when the pastures are green and when the water is smooth and quiet and still, it's going to be a lot easier to hear his voice and to follow and trust him when we come up to the next portion next week, right? The darkest valleys. And then when we get to these, these tables in the presence of my enemies, because if you are led by his voice in the green pastures, it's easier to hear his voice in the dark valleys. Right? You see, I, I think there's a, there's a reason that David kicked off this psalm in the order that he did. Right? First thing he does, he starts boasting about the Lord. So that's what we do in our lives. That's the first thing we should run to. Look how good God is. Right? Well, why is he good? He's, he's given me rest. He's given me green pastures and waters. He's restored me to himself. I think if David would have started the other way, right, with the valley of the shadow of death, and with the table being prepared in the presence of my enemies, I think a lot of us would have a harder time trusting him. It almost be like if he showed up and said, hey, welcome, I'm your new shepherd. We're gonna go that way. And he's pointing at like some dark haunted house or something like that. Like, I don't wanna go there. Find me a new shepherd. That doesn't sound fun. But when I truly know who he is, and when I remember how he provides for my needs, how he gives me rest, how he restores me when I do dumb, sheepy things like going off and getting cast somewhere, just waiting to be devoured by predators and enemies. If I trust him then, then I will trust to follow him wherever he leads me. Because again, we're doing it for his name's sake. Right, myself, I've already proven that I can't meet my basic physical or spiritual needs, right? So the good shepherd, what does he do? He steps up and does what only he can do. And that's why he gets all of the credit and all of the glory for leading us into those paths of righteousness because it definitely isn't us. It definitely isn't me who will get us there. So today, as we, as we start to wrap this up, I want to remind you that there are many many times in life, in my own life even, that I have chosen those paths of, of nothing good at the end of them. Right? I thought that was best, and even though God may have been saying, nah, I don't think that's, you know, that's not what you should do, I said, no, God, I got this figured out, and I go my own path. No, even down those paths that I've gone with the dead ends on them, the paths with no hope and no life and nothing but darkness, 
paths that only lead to being cast aside and just being there to be devoured by predators. What I discovered, though, is even at the dead end, I can in turn depend upon the good shepherd. Right? When life seems to be at a dead end, you can depend on the good shepherd to do what? To renew your life, to restore your soul, to come down and find you, to scoop you up in whatever filth and brokenness and sin and shame and whatever that you're in, and he gladly picks you up and carries you back to the fold to be restored. He doesn't take you back to the fold and then start rubbing your nose and everything that you did and hitting you with a newspaper going, bad sheep, bad sheep. That's, that's not what God does. And maybe you walked in here today or if you're watching online, maybe you even just stumbled across this live stream for the first time and you're just feeling like you're at the end of your rope, that you've hit a dead end, that you're feeling hopeless and that you're just caught in a sin that will not seem to let go of its grasp. Well, first off, welcome you know, to our little dysfunctional family that we have here. We kind of like each other though. But I want you to know that if you're hanging on to those things and you're putting them over your own heads, those past mistakes those bad turns and those dead-end routes that you've had in life, God doesn't even hold those over your head. So why do you think you should? We shouldn't be doing that. Right? Jesus, the good shepherd, wants to renew our lives, wants to restore our souls, wants to get you back on your feet. Right? He wants to teach you to trust him in life for everything. Trust him for everything. You can count on him to take you to those green pastures, to those quiet waters, to those places of rest, down to paths of righteousness instead of paths of selfishness. But again, it all depends on the good shepherd being who he says he is. And when we, when, when all of us do, do depend on him for everything in our lives, for bringing us back to the fold, for going before us, for providing rest in all of our needs, then we can say with full assurance this simple phrase that we're learning to say through this whole series, it is well with my soul no matter the situation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this word today. And God, I ask that as we begin to wind down on this portion, Lord, of you renewing us and restoring us and coming to us. God, I pray that we would not just believe this on a Sunday morning, but that we would truly take it with us every day of our lives. Because Lord, even as we get to these next portions about these valleys of shadows of death and these tables in the presence of our enemies, you still wrap it up with a beautiful portion that says, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. God, help us to remember that. As we take this message to a, a lost and broken world, help us to have compassion on people. Lord, just as you did when you came up to them and you knew that they had no hope, God, I pray that you would put people in our paths that we could even talk to, that we could have conversation with, people that don't know this message of hope yet, who are lost. God, we just ask that you would use us in mighty ways. 
that you would help us to see needs in this world, to meet those needs. And God, not to just be the church here, but to actually be the body of believers, to be the church in the world, not of the world, but in the world. God, thank you for your glorious reminder of who you are and for how much you love us. We ask this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com and hit the give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.